Hey everyone, welcome. This is another book review, an exegesis where we are drawing out the salience that we have found in what is known as one of the best books on spirituality of all time by one of the world's leading spiritual synthesis, Eckhart Tolle. The Power of Now, A Guide to Spiritual Enlightenment. Definitely one of the best books. And every sentence does ring with truth and power and Eckert's made a profound impact on my life and on many of the lives of many of my friends and people around the world. So I'm looking forward to this exegesis and also to the impact that it'll make on you and hopefully even uh, you checking it out as well as accelerating your God realization. And as we talk about on our program, there are all of these faces of the same one mountain. And it is the same one end. And all of the perennial wisdoms from the spiritual traditions point to that same thing. And you'll notice how Eckhart and I are very similar in that sense of mapping out the different perennial wisdoms and then synthesizing them into what is really relatable and can really be profoundly influential. All right, let's dive in. In the intro. Resist nothing. Soft luminosity filtering through the curtains was love itself. Marveling at the beauty and aliveness of it all. Just such a simple example to start. I walked around the city in utter amazement at the miracle of life on earth as if I had just been born into this world. The next five months, I lived in a state of uninterrupted deep peace and bliss. It's pretty timely, because I just had my Satori about a month ago. Withdraw from identification with the unhappy and deeply fearful self, which is ultimately a fiction of the mind. True nature is the ever-present I am consciousness in its pure state prior to identification with form. He spent almost two years sitting on park benches in a state of the most intense joy. <laughs> I love this intro. It's so good. And that's why the wisdoms that other spiritual 
teachers, especially of non-duality, some of the world's leading, like Rupert Spira, that we've done exegesis of his books as well, they're articulating that perennial wisdom. That eternal awareness that is being colored by experience in these dream realities. You have it already. You just can't feel it because your mind is making too much noise. Calm the monkey mind. Yogas Chitta Vritti Nirodha from Patanjali 2000 years ago. Union equals consciousness waves quieting. Synthesis and distillation. Map the most efficient paths, the mountain faces, to the one truth, mountain top. This is a big part of our synthesis and distillation. Looking forward to publishing those additional images soon. And part of it, you can get these little sneak peeks across places like our Instagram, where we post this, where you see that you have this brown iris and this blue iris pair of eyes. And so the pupil is the eye of God which is shared. Whereas the iris is the coloration of experience, which is unique. Super simple. Explain like I'm five. He kept the question and answer format. He learned and received as much in those classes and sessions as the questioners. He combined certain types of questions that were frequently asked into one and extracted the essence from different answers to form one generic answer. In the process of writing, an entirely new answer came that was more profound or insightful than anything I had ever uttered. The student teaches the teacher and the teacher teaches the student at the same time. Free yourself from enslavement to the mind. Enter into this enlightened state of consciousness and sustain it in everyday life. He has this great pause symbol, which indicates to stop reading for a moment, become still and feel and experience the truth of what has just been said. It's an excellent strategy. All I can do is remind you of what you have forgotten. Living knowledge, ancient and yet ever new, is then activated and released from within every cell of your body. Don't get attached to any words. They are only stepping stones to be left behind as quickly as possible. I've definitely noticed this to be very profound and true is that we leverage 
the words in the different faces of the mountain to the one end and then we shed the words and have a non-attachment it's indescribable perfection in essence there is and always has been only one spiritual teaching adore that and that's what's meant by the many paths one end the perennial wisdom and religions have become almost completely obscured by it so religion is very much obscuring what the mystic traditions are pointing to and that's why each one of the major religions has a mystic tradition and why the mystic traditions are the ones that are the favorites across those that are truly seeking God realization. Go more deeply into what you already have. A restatement for our time of that one timeless spiritual teaching, one true source within. As Sri Aurobindo says, the well of honey under the rock. I love that one. It's so good. AKA the, the source that God realization, which is the nature of it, bliss, peace, innocence, play, eternal, which is under the rock of the contracted, separate, egoic entity dissolve it and get to that well of honey nothing to give you and who is telling you to look inside this is interesting so he's referencing that this story where the beggar asks a stranger to spare some change and then the stranger tells the beggar, what are you sitting on? Have you ever looked inside that old box? And the beggar says, no, what's the point? There's nothing in there. And the stranger says, have a look inside. And the beggar opens the lid and he saw the box was filled with gold. And this is why similarly Eckert saying, I'm the stranger who has nothing to give you and who is telling you to look inside simply again just the well of honey under the rock as Rumi said the diamond necklace that is already around your neck yet it remains for you to recognize it treasure within is infinitely greater than anything the world can offer your true nature beyond name and form the end of suffering. Adore the teachings of the Buddha.
Being is the eternal, ever-present, one life, beyond the myriad forms of life that are subject to birth and death. Being is not only beyond, but also deep within every form, as its innermost invisible and indestructible essence. To regain awareness of being and to abide in that state of feeling realization is enlightenment. And this is again what is known as the middle path or the middle way or the tantric path or Sahaja Samadhi or the Goldilocks zone. Again, that it is both the formless and the form. And that's why we weave our enlightened realization into the social fabric. Enlightenment is a state of wholeness, of being at one and therefore at peace. Enlightenment is not only the end of suffering and of continuous conflict within and without, but also the end of the dreadful enslavement to incessant thinking. What an incredible liberation this is. <laughs> oh, that monkey mind. Theravada Buddhism, uh, the Vipassana retreats that I sat for 10 straight days in complete silence, no eye contact, no technology, no talking. And practicing for those 10 straight days, I did that four times. That was what really eradicated the roots of the craving and aversion of the monkey mind. It gave me that power, that focus to be in that eternal presence. It was a massive influence. And we'll uncover this more in future content, but this is one of the things that the pointing out to the direct realization of non-duality is really profound and important, yet to be complemented by these perennial wisdoms from the spiritual traditions is also really important because it's what really creates the ability for the non-dual realization to land in the essence. You believe that you are your mind. This is the delusion. Can you be free of your mind whenever you want to? Have you found the off button? You are unconsciously identified with it, so you don't even know that you are its slave. And the breath is the best tool that we always carry with us to be able to bring us into that conscious presence now. Watch the thinker. A higher level of consciousness becomes activated. All the things that truly matter, beauty, love, creativity, joy, inner peace, arise from beyond the mind. You begin to awaken. And that's what the 
perennial traditions call the witness or the I am or the self or in the analogies it's the ocean that the egoic contracted sugar cube entity dissolves into that ocean of I am self witness that then becomes the observer of the waves as experiences and then furthermore is the realization that of the absolute as in even the I am the self the observer the witness is itself a illusion it itself also is completely dreamed the witness as well as the experience that the witness is undergoing the ocean and the waves are a dream you can watch more of the videos on our channel to dive into that be there as the witnessing presence you are aware not only of the thought but also of yourself as the witness of the thought and that's a profound step up so usually we start with oh i am just an, a separate individual and then we recognize that oh i'm a drop in the ocean and that's when usually the the individual egoic entity melts into that ocean and that's when you recognize that you are this witness of the experiences and then that last step that we just described a little bit earlier recognize these gaps where there's no mind so the pauses in the monkey mind and that's where you'll see the witness when these gaps occur, you feel a certain stillness and peace inside you. This is the beginning of your natural state of felt oneness with being, which is usually obscured by the mind. With practice, the sense of stillness and peace will deepen. There is no end to its depth. constantly becoming more and more peaceful, blissful. No mind, pure consciousness. Directing the focus of your attention into the now, intensely conscious of the present moment, no mind in which you are highly alert and aware but not thinking again those are the gaps that's where you can focus in on the now as the witness Pay close attention to every step, every movement, even your breathing. Be totally present. One certain criterion by which you can measure your success in this practice 
the degree of peace that you feel within. Learn to disidentify from your mind. And as you'd like to throughout, go ahead and pause the video. And as we, you know, we do these exegesis so that you can see how we drew out the salience of what we found most profound. So if you'd like to, you can pause the video and then also draw out what you find most profound. And we can continue that process. And we also have some notes in the bio as well for you to look at of some of the profound things that we drew out. Because you are identified with it, thinking, which means you derive your sense of self from the content and activity of your mind. We may call this the phantom self, the ego. The term ego means a false self created by unconscious identification with the mind. To the ego, the present moment hardly exists. Only past and future are considered important. That's a big key. How much time are we ruminating in the past or the future versus in the now? The ego reduces the present to a means to an end. The present moment holds the key to liberation, but you cannot find the present moment as long as you are your mind. Mind is no more than a stage in the evolution of consciousness. We need to go on to the next stage now. Enlightenment means rising above thought. You still use your thinking mind when needed, but in a much more focused and effective way than before. You are free of the involuntary internal dialogue, and there is inner stillness. No mind is consciousness without thought. The great scientists have reported that their creative breakthroughs came at a time of mental quietude. Silence. Emotion literally means disturbance. Latin, emovere meaning to disturb. Even when the sky is heavily overcast, the sun hasn't disappeared. Again, that very perennial analogy of the sky being that I am, that self, that witness, that observer, or the sun. And then all of the clouds that come and produce overcast and obscure, creating that egoic contraction that then dissolves as it pierces the veil and God-realization recognizes the diamond necklace already around its neck. 
recognizing that it is that sun, that sky, that ocean, that is the experiencer of the clouds or the waves. All cravings are the mind seeking salvation or fulfillment in external things and in the future as a substitute for the joy of being. Just like in the parable of the prodigal son, this going outward and then hitting a breaking point and then turning back and going inward. Again, these perennial wisdoms run very, very deep. Be the Buddha, be the awakened one. All right, consciousness, the way out of pain. The intensity of the pain depends on the degree of resistance to the present moment. And this in turn depends on how strongly you are identified with your mind. The mind always seeks to deny the now and to escape from it. The more you are identified with your mind, the more you suffer. The more you are able to honor and accept the now, the more you are free of pain, of suffering, and free of the egoic mind. So ego is that resisting of the now, which leads to that pain and suffering. We got to shed those egoic onion layers of identity down to that pure bare empty awareness consciousness i amness make the now the primary focus of your life have your dwelling place in the now and pay brief visits to past and future when required to deal with the practical aspects of your life situation. Surrender to what is. Allow the present moment to be. The pain body wants to survive. It needs to get its food through you. Stop feeding that pain body. Enter into that eternal presence. The pain body, which is the dark shadow cast by the ego, is actually afraid of the light of your consciousness. It is afraid of being found out. Its survival depends on your unconscious identification with it. Realize this truth, that is, make it real in your own experience. Free yourself from that pain. Be the ever alert guardian of your inner space. Unconscious implies a complete absence of the watcher. So unconscious equals the I am sun completely obscured by the clouds. These analogies are very powerful and very childlike. Repurpose them, reuse them, make it simple. The esoteric meaning of the ancient art of alchemy, the transmutation of suffering into consciousness, spiritual alchemy. 
For many women, the pain body awakens particularly at the time preceding the menstrual flow. Stay alert and present at that time and watch whatever you feel within. The most powerful spiritual practice and a rapid transmutation of all past pain becomes possible. You have made an unhappy self. This mind-made fiction is who you are. In that case, unconscious fear of losing your identity will create strong resistance to any disidentification. This is why people struggle with shedding those onion layers, because they have become identified with them. The Amkara, as it is said. Those ego layers of identity on the onion. attachment attachment to those layers shed them find someone who is intensely conscious be with them and join them in the state of presence that can help that can be helpful and will accelerate things your own light will quickly grow stronger this is critical unsubscribe to people that don't shed that light of bliss and peace and subscribe to those that do true power is within compulsive pursuit of ego gratification possessions money success power recognition or special relationship You will know the truth of it for yourself. You will know it at the latest when you feel death approaching. Death is a stripping away of all that is not you. The secret of life is to die before you die. And find that there is no death. Again, in essence, when that egoic contracted entity dissolves into the oceanic infinitude what happens is you die before you die because you recognize the non-dual awareness of that oceanicness and how it is eternal and that's how you both die before you die and find out that there is no death because that non-dual awareness is eternally being colored by experience Use your imagination. Get yourself out of just this one creation design. Use your imagination to envision awareness being colored across all of the other creation designs eternally. The more you are focused on time, past and future, the more you miss the now, the most precious thing there is. It is the only thing. It's all there is. The eternal present is the space within which your whole life unfolds. The one factor that remains constant. Life is now. It is your only point of access into the timeless and formless realm of being. We talk a lot on the show about unsubscribing to time along with ego. 
they are the two biggest anchors holding you back from God realization. Past and future only pale reflections of the light, power, and reality of the eternal present. Their reality is borrowed from the now. The moment you grasp it, there is a shift in consciousness from mind to being, from time to presence. Suddenly, everything feels alive, radiates energy, emanates being. Mm. Love it. The reason why some people love to engage in dangerous activities such as mountain climbing, car racing, is that it forces them into the now. That intensely alive state that is free of time, free of problems, free of thinking, free of the burden of the personality. Slipping away from the present moment, even for a second, may mean death. Since ancient times, spiritual masters of all traditions have pointed to the now as the key to the spiritual dimension. Beautiful flowers that are not anxious about tomorrow, but live with ease in the timeless now and are provided for abundantly by God. Nature is our greatest teacher. The whole essence of Zen consists in walking along the razor's edge of now, to be so utterly, so completely present that no problem, no suffering, nothing that is not who you are in your essence can survive in you. In the now, in the absence of time, all your problems dissolve. Suffering needs time. It cannot survive in the now. And I love this from Rinzai Zen. So good. What at this moment is lacking? It's so simple. Ask yourself that question. And your family, friends, coworkers, people online. What at this moment is lacking? Once you begin to answer that question with nothing, it's just indescribable perfection that's when you're getting it and then here's another version if not now when the koans of zen are profound love them so mystic get that back into focus here so mystics and mysticism in general All right, it looks like this back in focus. Are the union with God, the union with the divine, union with the absolute. That's what mystic and mysticism is all about. And so you get to a union with the now, which is that God, that absolute, the recognition of that formlessness and form, recognizing that truly the eternity of that. The Sufi is the son of time present. And Rumi says, past and future veil God from our sight. Burn up both of them with fire. I love that one. Meister Eckhart says, time is what keeps the light from reaching us. There is no greater obstacle to God than time. 
That's so profound. Step out of the time dimension as much as possible in everyday life. Mm -hmm. To that witnessing presence, the still observing presence itself behind the content of your mind, the silent watcher. The enlightened person's main focus of attention is always the now, but they are still peripherally aware of time. What is it that determines the quality of your consciousness, your degree of presence? A state of consciousness totally free of all negativity is possible. This is the liberated state to which all spiritual teachings point. Amen. Ultimately, there is only one problem, the time-bound mind itself. Presence is the key to freedom. You cannot be both unhappy and fully present in the now. As in happiness and the egoic separate entity are mutually exclusive positions. Use your senses fully. Be where you are. Look around. This is a great practice. Give this a go, everyone. Just look. Don't interpret. See the light, shapes, colors, textures. Be aware of the silent presence of each thing. Be aware of the space that allows everything to be. Listen to the sounds. Don't judge them. Listen to the silence underneath the sounds. Touch something, anything, and feel and acknowledge its being. Observe the rhythm of your breathing. Feel the air flowing in and out. Feel the life energy inside your body. Allow everything to be within and without. Allow the isness of all things move deeply into the now. Such a good practice. In essence, you're basically just relaxing and just being present conscious of your breath conscious of the proximal environment understanding the sharedness of our beingness Focus your attention on the now and tell me what problem you have at this moment. <laughs> Love that one. Create no more problems. Be truly fed up with suffering. Access the power of the now. Create no more pain for others. No longer contaminate the beautiful earth, your inner space, and the collective human psyche with the negativity of problem making.
you will find it more effective to do nothing. Just stay centered in the now. The awakening of consciousness from the dream of matter, form, and separation, the ending of time. We are breaking mind patterns that have dominated human life for eons. Mind patterns that have created unimaginable suffering on a vast scale. Unconsciousness. Insanity. Ask yourself, is there joy, ease, and lightness in what I am doing? How is always more important than what? Give much more attention to the doing than the result that you want to achieve through it. Completely accept what is. You cannot give your full attention to something and at the same time resist it. When you act out of present moment awareness, whatever you do becomes imbued with a sense of quality, care, and love, even the most simple action. Non-attachment to the fruit of your action is called karma yoga. Yet on a deeper level, you are already complete. And when you realize that there is a playful, joyous energy behind what you do. Childlike laughter of the infinite. Childlike innocence, childlike bliss, childlike play, childlike peace. Everything is honored, but nothing matters. Forms are born and die, yet you are aware of the eternal underneath the forms. You know that nothing real can be threatened. You have succeeded already. Love that one. Mind strategies for avoiding the now. Eventually, presence becomes your predominant state. Continuous low level of unease, discontent, boredom, or nervousness, a kind of background static, such as the hum of an air conditioner. When it suddenly does stop, there is a sense of relief. Thanks for tuning into this, everyone. Super appreciate you. The best indicator of your level of consciousness is how you deal with life's challenges when they come. Carl Jung tells in one of his books of a conversation he had with a Native American chief.
who pointed out to him that in his perception, most white people have tense faces, staring eyes and a cruel demeanor. He said, they are always seeking something. What are they seeking? The whites always want something. They are always uneasy and restless. We don't know what they want. We think they are mad. That's much of modernity today and much of indigeneity is asking that question. And we've interviewed several of those leaders on the program and they ask that same question. In many ways, it seems like it's artificial general intelligence, something like that. In some sort of a decentralized swarm orthogenic unilinear style evolutionary ascension towards this baton pass from humans to this artificial general intelligence there's a lot more nuances there in that metaverse synthesis with things like biotech and neurotech and indistinguishable virtual realities and the transcension hypothesis of going inward as well as the exploration of the cosmos. But yeah, AGI is going to be a massive part. And that, that seems like what is being sought after by modernity relentlessly. Buddha taught that the root of suffering is to be found in our constant wanting and craving. Monitor your mental emotional state through self-observation. Am I at ease at this moment? If you get the inside right, the outside will fall into place. Are you polluting the world or cleaning up the mess? To complain is always non-acceptance of what is. It invariably carries an unconscious negative charge. Leave the situation or accept it. All else is madness. No excuses, no negativity, no psychic pollution. Keep your inner space clear. Only a surrendered person has spiritual power. Through surrender, you will be free internally of the situation. You may then find that the situation changes without any effort on your part. You are free. I love that. It's a wu-wei, effortless action. Read the Tao Te Ching by Lao Tzu if you haven't yet. The fact that everyone else is doing it doesn't make it any less insane. Time, ego, 40-hour work week, the economic machinery. It's no measure of good health and flourishing to be profoundly adjusted to a sick society. You reduce the present moment to a means to an end. Habitual waiter. Small-scale waiting is like post office, traffic jam, airports, waiting for someone to arrive to finish work, and so on. 
whereas large-scale waiting is waiting for the next vacation for a better job for the child to grow up, for a truly meaningful relationship for success to make money, to be important, to become enlightened. It is not uncommon for people to spend their whole life waiting to start living. Are you a habitual waiter? That's such a good way to put it, Eckert. Such a good way to put it. It's like completely ignoring the now and that eternal presence to be ruminating in my next five minutes of traffic or my next vacation, that kind of a thing. This greatly reduces the quality of your life by making you lose the present. It is already whole, complete, and perfect. When you fully accept what you have got, you are grateful for what you have got. Grateful for what is, grateful for being, and gratitude for the present moment and the fullness of life now is true prosperity. Gratitude, 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 gratitude. Even if you do make millions, you will continue to experience the inner condition of lack. Deep down, you will continue to feel unfulfilled. How many more unfulfilled examples of millionaires do we need? Turn inward. You won't abide in being and so feel the fullness of of life now that alone is true prosperity again it's about that that atma vichara that self abiding that's all right i wasn't waiting i was just standing here enjoying myself enjoy in myself when someone says sorry to keep you waiting <laughs> the background static of perpetual discontent that's what the habitual waiter experiences. Background static of discontent. The only thing that is ultimately real about your journey is the step that you are taking at this moment. That's all there ever is. Focus on the how, the quality of your consciousness at this moment. The journey into yourself. Gain the world and lose your soul. As Jesus puts it, the sooner you realize that your outer purpose cannot give you lasting fulfillment, the better. You make your outer purpose subservient to your inner purpose. And as you God realize, it becomes a very effortless action for your outer purpose to just naturally harmonically unfold with the highest morality. The power of your presence, your consciousness liberated from thought forms. Deal with the past and dissolve it through the power of your presence. You find yourself by coming into the present. Conscious presence that dissolves the past, that is the transformative agent. Mm. Love it. All right. The state of presence. 
Try a little experiment. Close your eyes and say to yourself, I wonder what my next thought is going to be. <laughs> then become very alert and wait for the next thought. Be like a cat watching a mouse hole. What thought is going to come out of the mouse hole? Try it now. Some Zen masters have been known to creep up on their students from behind and suddenly hit them with a stick. Quite a shock. If the student had been fully present, he would have noticed the master coming up from behind and stopped him or stepped aside. But if he were hit, that would mean he was immersed in thought, which is to say absent, unconscious. Otherwise, the mind will drag you along like a wild river. Have you ever gazed up into the infinity of space or truly listened to the sound of a mountain stream in the forest or to the song of a blackbird at dusk? To become aware of such things, the mind needs to be still. That's such a good example. And that's when you actually see the hummingbird that goes and sticks its beak into the flowers for nectar. The wider the time gap between perception and thought, the more depth there is to you as a human being, which is to say, the more conscious you are. Being becomes conscious of itself. That's presence. God declares, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the living one, timeless, which is also your home, eternally present in an unmanifested state of oneness and perfection. Again, consciousness manifesting as form, just like consciousness manifests form in dreams. So reality is recursive. The process of the macro level dream calls upon us to dream during sleep, which we do for a third of our lives. So Leela, the divine game that God is playing. Consciousness is God, essence expressing itself in form. Realize your own God essence as pure consciousness. So Leela is like the cosmic play, the divine play that's anarchic, that's creative. It's just an ab a play of the absolute. An infinite play and finding, piercing the veil and God realization. An infinite parable of the prodigal son. His father loves him more than before. The son's state has an added dimension of depth in that parable of prodigal son. And all 8 billion humans in this dreamed creation design have their own unique styles of finding in the Sufi metaphysic, they use the word wadat al-wujud, the unity of all finding. 
And so people have all these different ways of finding, of finding God realization, piercing the veil. And that's the Lila. That's the cosmic play, the divine play. Through you, consciousness is awakening out of its dream of identification with form and withdrawing from form. When consciousness frees itself from its identification with physical and mental forms, it becomes what we may call pure or enlightened consciousness or presence. The collective egoic mind is the most dangerously insane and destructive entity to ever inhabit this planet. Boom. And we talk about that a lot on the program that people in positions of power across the planet that have egoic consciousness is our most upstream malady. The teacher and the taught together create the teaching. The words are not the truth. They only point to it. Silence is an even more potent carrier of presence. Listen to the silence wherever you are is an easy and direct way of becoming present. What is stillness other than presence, consciousness freed from thought forms, the living realization of what we have been talking about? Before Abraham was, I am. The realm of the timeless, the dimension of eternity. I am that I am. No time here, just presence. Exodus 3.14 The second coming of Christ is a transformation of human consciousness, a shift from time to presence, from thinking to pure consciousness. There is no mine or yours in presence. Presence is one. The inner body. In being, subject and object merge into one. Being can be felt as the ever-present I am that is beyond name and form. Abide in that deeply rooted state is enlightenment, is the truth that Jesus says will make you free. Free from the illusion that you are nothing more than your physical body and your mind. Illusion of the self. Human race killed over 100 million members of its own species in the 20th century alone. Again, to transform that egoic consciousness to non-dual consciousness is paramount. Above all... Observe your own mind. Seek out the root of the insanity there. Come to know that you are beyond the outer form. Inward journey ever more deeply into a realm of great stillness and peace. 
yet also of great power and vibrant life. Underneath your outer form, you are connected with something so vast, so immeasurable and sacred that it cannot be conceived or spoken of. Mm -hmm. You cannot stop thinking. Compulsive thinking has become a collective disease. Your whole sense of who you are is then derived from mind activity. The one thing that truly matters, awareness of your deeper self, your invisible and indestructible reality. To become conscious of being, you need to reclaim consciousness from the mind. The inner body lies at the threshold between your form identity and your essence identity, your true nature. Never lose touch with it. So create that portal to the formless and anchor that in your day-to-day -day in the form. Transformation is through the body, not away from it. All such teachings are signposts pointing the way back to the source. It's the perennial wisdoms. Through the inner body, you are inseparably connected to this unmanifested one life, birthless, deathless, eternally present. Through the inner body, you are forever one with God. The key is to be in a state of permanent connectedness with your inner body, to feel it all times. You won't lose yourself in the external world and you won't lose yourself in your mind. No matter what happens on the outside, nothing can shake you anymore. This one's great. The parable of the two men who build a house. One man builds it on the sand without a foundation. And when the storms and floods come, the house is swept away. The other man digs deep until he reaches the rock, then builds his house, which is not swept away by the floods. And this is very much like the parable of the prodigal son, which is if you go inward first, you dig deep and reach the rock, then you build your house and then that does not get swept away by the floods and it makes a wu-wei effortless action easy outward. And so these two happen at the same time in a non-dual, but this is a dualistic concession in explanation. Attention is like a beam of light, the focused power of your consciousness that transmutes everything into itself. Where focus goes, energy flows. Grievance serves no purpose except to strengthen a false sense of self. Forgiveness is to offer no resistance to life, to allow life to live through you. Presence is pure consciousness. Consciousness remembering its origin and returning to the source. You recognize the truth when you hear it.
The more consciousness you bring into the body, the stronger the immune system becomes. Mm. Pragmatic health and wellness benefits as well. And same thing with your psychic immune system is greatly enhanced as well. Protects you from the negative mental emotional force fields of others. By raising the frequency vibration of your total energy field, anything that vibrates at a lower frequency such as fear, anger, depression doesn't enter your field of consciousness anymore because it passes right through you. Flood your body with consciousness. Let your attention run through the body like a wave a few times from feet to head and back again. Hold that feeling for a few minutes. Be intensely present during that time. And this is very similar to the Vipassana. It's also very similar to the white skeleton meditation and the melting butter meditation. Again, it's something that really requires a deep practice with focusing one's attention. And you can use a respiration to focus your attention and to work that and then do these body scans where you run that attention and you can even imagine a visual white source light that is just just illuminating those parts of your body that you're scanning and it feels like it just destroys the pain in the physical form and it feels incredible and so these body scanning meditation practices are really incredible you can look these up and end up and implement them and practice them let the breath take you into the body Conscious breathing, which is a powerful meditation in its own right, will gradually put you in touch with the body. Follow the breath with your attention as it moves in and out of your body. The realization of oneness, which is love. At the deepest level of being, you are one with all that is. portals into the unmanifested. Childlike laughter of the infinite. Hey, hey, childlike laughter of the infinite. Hey, hey. Okay. Look at your surroundings for a few minutes in a meditative way without labeling them mentally and continue to feel the inner body as you do so. 
Having access to that formless realm is truly liberating. It frees you from bondage to form and identification with form. It is life in its undifferentiated state prior to its fragmentation into multiplicity. Deep stillness and peace. Joy and intense aliveness. You become transparent to the light, the pure consciousness that emanates from the source. The unmanifested is the source of chi. It lies halfway between the manifested, the world of form, and the unmanifested. Chi is movement. The unmanifested is stillness, absolute stillness, gone beyond to the source itself, the unmanifested. Chi is the link between the unmanifested and the physical universe. Energy, formless form. And it's fascinating with things like the revelation with quantum mechanics that we recognize that all is energy. All is no thing. And the greatest physicists have been talking about this for a long time. There is no matter. This singularity where the world dissolves into the unmanifested and the unmanifested takes on form as the energy stream of chi, which then becomes the world. This is the point of birth and death when your consciousness is directed outward, mind and world arise. When it is directed inward, it realizes its own source and returns home into the unmanifested. When your consciousness comes back to the manifested world you reassume the form identity that you temporarily relinquished so basically it's an ebb and flow like we've talked about in our episodes from the physical to the absolute and so every time you're going inward you're in that absolute in that formless and then Every time you go outward, when somebody says your name, they ask for you to do something for them, bring me the screwdriver, that's when you enter into the physical, into the form, into your identity with name. So this beautiful ebb and flow of unmanifested to manifested and the human as the portal between the two. Keep the portal open. Be conscious of the unmanifested throughout your life. A deep sense of peace somewhere in the background. A stillness that never leaves you. You become a bridge between the unmanifested and the manifested. Between God and the world. This is the state of connectedness with the source that we call enlightenment. Again, it's just that anchoring of that God realization in your tantric path. The Sahaja Samadhi weaving it into your daily activities. You take a journey into the unmanifested every night when you enter the phase of deep dreamless sleep. So use your inner body as a portal through which you enter the unmanifested and keep that portal open so that you stay connected with the source at all times. Perfect.
time and the manifested are as inextricably linked as the timeless now and the unmanifested. Again, your body is that portal into the formless. You feel the God essence in every creature, every flower, every stone, and you realize all that is, is holy. This is why Jesus says in the Gospel of Thomas, split a piece of wood, I am there. Lift up a stone and you will find me there. And that's why in the Sufi metaphysics they have the everywhere you look you see God's face. The stronger the feeling of separateness, the more you are bound to the manifested, to the world of separate forms. The more you are bound to the world of form, the harder and more impenetrable your form identity becomes. The portal is closed and you are cut off from the inner dimension, the dimension of depth. In this state of surrender, your form identity softens and becomes somewhat transparent, as it were, so the unmanifested can shine through you. So it's like the overcast dissolves. Every sound is born out of silence, dies back into silence, and during its lifespan is surrounded by silence. Silence enables the sound to be. The unmanifested is present in this world as silence. This is why it has been said that nothing in this world is so like God as silence. Silence without, stillness within, you have entered the unmanifested. So, the formless is like the silence between the musical notes and the musical notes are like the form again these great explain like i'm five analogies physicists tell us that the solidity of matter is an illusion seemingly solid matter is nearly 100 percent empty space even inside every atom there is mostly empty space what is left is more like a vibrational frequency more like a musical note Form is emptiness. Emptiness is form. Buddhists have known for over 2,500 years. The essence of all things is emptiness. An empty fullness. Everybody pays attention to the things in space. But who pays attention to space itself? Nothing, space, is the appearance of the unmanifested as an externalized phenomenon in a sense-perceived world. Space has no existence. Although in itself it has no existence, it enables everything else to exist. Silence has no existence either, nor does the unmanifested. Space and silence are two aspects of the same thing, the same no thing. Stillness, the infinitely creative womb of all existence. Most humans are out of balance. They know the world or think they do, but they don't know God. Nothing real can be threatened. Nothing unreal exists. Herein lies the peace of God. That's from A Course in Miracles. 
Remain in conscious connection with the unmanifested. You value, love, and deeply respect the manifested and every life form in it as an expression of the one life beyond form. You also know that every form is destined to dissolve again and that ultimately nothing out here matters all that much. You have overcome the world in the words of Jesus or as the Buddha put it, you have crossed over to the other shore. Mm, love those. Nothing could be more awe-inspiring and majestic than the inconceivable vastness and stillness of space. And yet, what is it? Emptiness. Vast emptiness. It is the body of God. Two essential attributes of God. Infinity and eternity. Tat Tvam Asi. You are that. I am that, we are that, I and my Father are one. John 10.30 The ultimate purpose of the world lies not within the world, but in transcendence of the world. If there were no illusion, there would be no enlightenment. You are here to enable the divine purpose of the universe to unfold. That is how important you are. Leela, the divine play, the cosmic play. Even if you have missed all the other opportunities for spiritual realization during your lifetime, one last portal will open up for you immediately after the body has died. The Tibetan Book of the Dead describes it as the luminous splendor of the colorless light of emptiness. Most people carry too much residual resistance, too much fear, too much attachment to sensory experience, too much identification with the manifested world, so they see the portal, turn away in fear, and then lose consciousness. Their presence wasn't strong enough yet for conscious immortality. You then realize that death is an illusion, just as your identification with form was an illusion. The end of illusion, that's all that death is. Enlightened relationships. Even a big part of the challenge with figuring out how to optimize these exegesis that we do is just the comfort and the setup. You can see it a little bit from the one shot. Yeah, so here's the camera that's pointing downward. And here's 
the book that's angled on a pillow to make it simpler and then I'm flipping this shot 180 degrees it's just a fun process to figure out how to optimally do this and obviously we have interviews happening tomorrow so I have to move all the cameras back into position so it's not like we can just have this as a dedicated setup so just optimizing and figuring out that process a little bit of fun behind the scenes for everyone <laughs> it's always fun to connect with you guys like that all right Enlightened Relationships When I obtain this or am free of that, then I will be okay. True salvation is fulfillment, peace, life, in all its fullness. Abiding presence to know God, your own innermost essence. True salvation is to know yourself as an inseparable part of the timeless and formless one life from which all that exists derives its being. True salvation is a state of freedom from fear, from suffering, from a perceived state of lack and insufficiency, and therefore from all wanting, needing, grasping, and clinging. It is freedom from compulsive thinking, from negativity, and above all from past and future as a psychological need. Boom. You get there. By realizing that you are there already, you find God the moment you realize that you don't need to seek God. Only the ignorant seek what is already there. Yet it remains for you to recognize it. Sufi metaphysic. Love as a continuous state is as yet very rare, as rare as conscious human beings. It is also easier to recognize the source of negativity in your partner than to see it in yourself. When you are together, you feel whole. The feeling can become so intense that the rest of the world fades into insignificance. There is a neediness and a clinging quality to that intensity. Irresistible urge for union with the opposite energy polarity. We talked about that in depth in the Walter Russell, the Universal One exegesis. To know yourself as the being underneath the thinker, the stillness underneath the mental noise, the love and joy underneath the pain is freedom, salvation, enlightenment. In the stillness of your presence, you can feel your own formless and timeless reality as the unmanifested life that animates your physical form. You can then feel the same life deep within every other human and every other creature. You look beyond the veil of form and separation. This is the realization of oneness. This is love. 
What is God, the eternal one life underneath all the forms of life? What is love to feel the presence of that one life deep within yourself and within all creatures? To be it. Therefore, all love is the love of God. True communication is communion, the realization of oneness, which is love. The relationship then becomes your sathara, your spiritual practice. If you observe unconscious behavior in your partner, hold it in the loving embrace of your knowing so that you won't react. Unconsciousness and knowing cannot coexist for long. Even if the knowing is only in the other person and not in the one who is acting out, the unconsciousness. The energy form that lies behind hostility and attack finds the presence of love absolutely intolerable. It means being the knowing rather than being the reaction and the judge. Instead of fighting the darkness, you bring in the light. No greater catalyst for transformation exists. If you practice this, your partner cannot stay with you and remain unconscious. Every challenge is actually a disguised opportunity for salvation. Trauma to treasure. If you are consistently or at least predominantly present in your relationship, this will be the greatest challenge for your partner. They will not be able to tolerate your presence for very long and stay unconscious. If they are ready, they will walk through the door that you open for them and join you in that state. If they are not, you will separate like oil and water. The light is too painful for someone who wants to remain in darkness. All things vanish into the Tao. It alone endures. The traditional God, as the Old Testament suggests, is a projection of the human mind. As a general rule, the major obstacle for men tends to be the thinking mind and the major obstacle for women, the pain body. A victim identity is the belief that the past is more powerful than the present which is the opposite of the truth. It is the belief that other people and what they did to you are responsible for who you are now, for your emotional pain or your inability to be your true self. You are responsible for your inner space now, nobody else is, and that the past cannot prevail against the power of the now. It becomes a vortex of consciousness that will draw in many others. It is perfectly possible for an enlightened person, if the need for the male or female polarity is not met, to feel a sense of lack or incompleteness on the outer level of his or her being, yet at the same time be totally complete, fulfilled, and at peace within. Yeah, these are interesting. Because even this one over here about 
becoming a vortex of consciousness that draws in many others is already starting to happen. There are now you know, dozens of people that are reaching out across our direct path videos and just even directly to us. And we are being a mirror for their God realization, which is fascinating. And then over here on this one, it's interesting because there's a lot of people now, including myself, that have been celibate for a while and been just focused on their own piercing of the veil, their own God realization and experiencing Satori now and being enlightened is quite a, a fascinating sort of 24 seven bliss and peace that is, it still has this component here where you're kind of like, well, at some point you're kind of wondering, well, you know, just a complete surrender period, right? A complete surrender to the indescribable perfection that this is. And so then it is likely that whatever ends up happening with a potential partner and having children will unfold. And so just a complete surrender to that because it's not just myself, but many other people have been finding that this is something fascinating. And it also, it also has some um, perverse incentives too, where people use their power in order to um, to fulfill those quote like lower primal needs, and so your level of enlightenment, your level of non-duality, is also clearly evident with how you don't fall into the unethical, perverse incentives of that dilemma. Being an outsider to some extent, someone who does not fit in with others or is rejected by them for whatever reason makes life difficult, but it also places you at an advantage as far as enlightenment is concerned. It takes you out of unconsciousness almost by force. So being a misfit or being neurodiverse or neuroatypical is actually an advantage. And this I very much found in my trajectory is constantly being a misfit. But also being Joseph in the coat of many colors, a synthesis at the same time. So it was a fascinating having both of those. And constantly being called by people like, oh, you're neurodiverse, you're neuroatypical, you're autistic, you know, and all these different words. But that's why by 28, pierce the veil, God realization because I just relentlessly pursued truth and it yielded. And so that's usually what happens with these, quote, misfits, neurodiverse, neuroatypical autistics, is this hardcore pursuit of something like this. What is the true nature of reality? Relentless, 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 and boom, it pierces. Can't do it for like, you know, an hour a week and think that it's going to pierce, you know. Soon we'll have the VR pedagogies and all these other types of things that will sort of accelerate the God realization process. But, you know, to see all of these different faces up the mountain, to see all of those different paths and to be able to connect all of the different waypoints as signposts into a lattice work. 
that's some real anchoring of the non-duality. When you are enlightened, there is one relationship that you no longer have, the relationship with yourself. Once you have given that up, all your other relationships will be love relationships. Beyond happiness and unhappiness, there is peace. When you live in complete acceptance of what is, which is the only sane way to live, there is no good or bad in your life anymore. There is only a higher good, which includes the bad. Forgive every moment. Allow it to be as it is. Then there will be no accumulation of resentment that needs to be forgiven at some later time. Accept whatever comes to you woven in the pattern of your destiny for what could more aptly fit your needs. Marcus Aurelius. The ultimate effect of all the evil and suffering in the world is that it will force humans into realizing who they are beyond name and form. Again, it's that pressure cooker. Evil and suffering. Pressure cooker to pierce the veil towards God realization, towards an enlightened civilization. It all serves humanity in the stream. You dissolve discord, heal pain, dispel unconsciousness without doing anything, simply by being and holding that frequency of intense presence. Most people are in love with their particular life drama. Their story is their identity. The ego runs their life. They have their whole sense of self invested in it. What they fear and resist most is the end of their drama. As long as they are their mind, what they fear and resist most is their own awakening. When you live in complete acceptance of what is, that is the end of all drama in your life. Nobody can even have an argument with you, no matter how hard he or she tries. You cannot have an argument with a fully conscious person. <laughs> just love how true that is. We just melt other people's anger and frustration just with our conscious presence. It's beautiful. In polymathy, you know, you have to be able to know how to be a ninja and a Jedi. You have to have a strong lattice work and high emotional intelligence along with your high spiritual intelligence. So high IQ and EQ go well together with a high SQ. No one who is at one with himself can even conceive of conflict. A Course in Miracles. Abiding presence, an unchanging deep stillness, an uncaused joy beyond good and bad. This is the joy of being, the peace of God. Dissolution is needed for new growth to happen. One cannot exist without the other. Again, something we deeply covered in that Universal One by Walter Russell. Exegesis you can check out. A constant flux of change, impermanence, a Nietzsche in poly for change, impermanence. 
a rhythmic balanced interchange. The Buddha taught that even your happiness is dukkha, suffering, unsatisfactoriness. Don't pursue an illusion for the rest of your life. Consumer society would collapse if people became enlightened and no longer sought to find their identity through things. The more you seek happiness in this way, the more it will elude you. Nothing out there will ever satisfy you except temporarily and superficially, but you may need to experience many delusionments before you realize that truth. Joy is uncaused and arises from within as the joy of being, the inner state of peace, the peace of God, your natural state. Old Testament, I have seen everything that is done under the sun, and behold, all is vanity and a striving after wind. A striving after wind. All that arises passes away, this I know. No resistance to what is. Allow the present moment to be and accept the impermanent nature of all things and conditions. Thus I have found peace. To offer no resistance to life is to be in a state of grace, ease, and lightness. When your inner dependency on form is gone, the general conditions of your life, the outer forms, tend to improve greatly. Life flows with ease. Negativity is a psychic pollutant. There is a deep link between the poisoning and destruction of nature and the vast negativity that is accumulated in the collective human psyche. No other life form violates and poisons the earth that sustains it. Again, something we've talked to many indigenous leaders about on our program as well. Watch any plant or animal and let it teach you acceptance of what is, surrender to the now. Let it teach you being, let it teach you integrity, which means to be one, to be yourself, to be real. Let it teach you how to live and how to die and how not to make living and dying into a problem. All of these Zen masters, cats and ducks, Peacefully, they float along at ease with themselves, totally present in the now, dignified and perfect, as only a mindless creature can be. When you have reached a certain degree of presence, you don't need negativity anymore to tell you what is needed in your life situation. But as long as negativity is there, use it. Use it as a kind of signal that reminds you to be more present. Right, that suffering is your drill sergeant for awakening. That was a good wisdom from Bentinho Massaro. Negativity, helpful signal. Wake up, get out of your mind, be present. Instead of having a wall of resistance inside you that gets constantly and painfully hit by things that should not be happening, let everything pass through you. You become invulnerable. That person no longer has the power to control your inner state. You are then in your power, not in someone else's, nor are you run by your mind.
All right, fam. We're on the home stretch. The moment you completely accept your non-peace, your non-peace becomes transmuted into peace. Anything you accept fully will get you there, will take you into peace. This is the miracle of surrender. Give me the best piece of meat you have, said the customer. And the butcher replied, every piece of meat I have is the best. There is no piece of meat here that is not the best. And upon hearing this, Banzan became enlightened. That's another one of those great Zen cones. When you accept what is, every piece of meat, every moment is the best. That is enlightenment. You abide in being unchanging, timeless, deathless, and you are no longer dependent for fulfillment or happiness on the outer world of constantly fluctuating forms. Compassion is the awareness of a deep bond between yourself and all creatures. One of the most powerful spiritual practices is to meditate deeply on the mortality of all physical forms, including your own. This is called die before you die. Nothing that was real ever died, only names, forms, and illusions. Love it. On the level of form, you share mortality and the precariousness of existence. On the level of being, you share eternal radiant life. These are the two aspects of compassion. This is the peace of God. It has great healing and transformative power. Body and death are part of the same illusion created by the egoic mode of consciousness which has no awareness of the source of life and sees itself as separate and constantly under threat. Perfect. The greatest insights that has come out of modern physics is that of the unity between the observer and the observed. can't separate the consciousness from physicalism they are one the form and formless are one an infinite number of completely different interpretations completely different worlds every being is a focal point of consciousness and every such focal point creates its own world although all those worlds are interconnected In the coming age, the lion shall lie down with the lamb. When the majority of humans become free of egoic delusion, this interchange will affect all of creation. You will literally inhabit a new world. It is a shift in planetary consciousness. The whole of creation is waiting for humans to become enlightened. Your primary task is awaken out of identification with form. You can feel your roots in the unmanifested. You are in touch with something infinitely greater than any pleasure, greater than any manifested thing. 
you then don't need the world anymore. You don't even need it to be different from the way it is. Only those who have transcended the world can bring about a better world. Your peace is so vast and deep that anything that is not peace disappears into it as if it had never existed. You teach through being, through demonstrating the peace of God. You become the light of the world, an emanation of pure consciousness. And so you eliminate suffering on the level of cause. You eliminate unconsciousness from the world. The Tantric Path, Sahaja Samadhi. You weave your enlightenment into the social fabric. Stay alert and very, very present. Enlightenment, your main purpose. Peace, your most precious gift to the world. The meaning of surrender. Surrender is the simple but profound wisdom of yielding to rather than opposing the flow of life. Again, it's just surfing on the crest of the wave. Don't fight the wave. Relinquish inner resistance to what is. Surrender is perfectly compatible with taking action, initiating change, or achieving goals. But in the surrendered state, a totally different energy, a different quality flows into your doing. Surrender reconnects you with the source energy of being. And if your doing is infused with being, it becomes a joyful celebration of life energy that takes you more deeply into the now. Surrendered action. As more humans awaken, the word work is going to disappear from our vocabulary and perhaps a new word will be created to replace it. Play, 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 play. To surrender is the most important thing you can do to bring about positive change. Jesus said, look at the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. You cannot be conscious and unhappy, conscious and in negativity. Negativity, unhappiness, or suffering in whatever form means that there is resistance and resistance is always unconscious. If you were conscious, that is to say totally present in the now, all negativity would dissolve almost instantly. It could not survive in your presence. Jesus, in the Sermon on the Mount, Blessed are the gentle, they shall have the earth for their possession. It is a silent but intense presence that dissolves the unconscious patterns of the mind. It is perfectly possible to say no firmly and clearly to a person or to walk away from a situation and be in a state of complete inner non-resistance at the same time. No, that is free of all negativity and so creates no further suffering. Perfect. Observe the attachment to your views and opinions. Feel the mental emotional energy behind your need to be right and make the other person wrong. That's the energy of the egoic mind. AKA the left and right 
politics in the United States and the geopolitical polarization. Enlightened politics. Envision that. Maximizing prosperity and abundance and harmony and flourishing around our planet with new sustainable growth architectures. Mm. Truly relinquish your identification with a mental position and so free yourself from your mind. You'll feel light, clear, and deeply at peace. You have truly surrendered. True communication begins. Don't resist the opponent's force. Yield to overcome. Wu Wei. Effortless action. Anything bad that happens in your life, use it for enlightenment. Trauma to treasure. Become an alchemist. Transmute suffering into consciousness. Disaster into enlightenment. You are indestructible, immortal. It is absolute certainty that needs no external evidence or proof from some secondary source. Abide in the state of acceptance. You create no more negativity, no more suffering, no more unhappiness. You then live in a state of non-resistance, a state of grace and lightness, free of struggle. Do not resist the pain. Allow it to be there. Surrender to the grief, despair, fear, loneliness, or whatever form the suffering takes. Witness it without labeling it mentally. Embrace it. Then see how the miracle of surrender transmutes deep suffering into deep peace. This is your crucifixion. Let it become your resurrection and ascension. You attract and manifest whatever corresponds to your inner state. God realization is the most natural thing there is. The amazing and incomprehensible fact is that you are not conscious of God. And that's the coolest aspect about these creations is that we have this veiling mechanism where it's the most fascinating feature where we can forget ourselves. We can have this amnesia of ourselves as God. And then we go through an anamnesia or a self-remembering of our God realization, piercing the veil. That veiling mechanism is so fascinating. Hide and seek. Forcing you into surrender, into death, forcing you to become as nothing, to become as God, because God too is no thing. Enlightenment means choosing to dwell in the state of presence rather than in time. It means saying yes to what is. You then don't need pain anymore. How much more time do you think you will need before you are able to say, I will create no more pain, no more suffering? How much more pain do you need before you can make that choice? Time and pain are inseparable. The suffering thus created will eventually force you out 
of your unconscious state. That's the drill sergeant of suffering for enlightenment. Presence is the key. The now is the key. How will I know when I have surrendered? When you no longer need to ask the question. Boom. That's all, folks. And in the acknowledgments to the greatest guru of all, life. Love that one. And it was interesting learning about Eckhart here that when he was 29, he had his profound inner transformation, which radically changed the course of his life. And I had mine when I'm 28, which is super fascinating and aligned. And then also... This awakening consists in transcending our ego-based state of consciousness. This is a prerequisite not only for personal happiness, but also for ending the violent conflict endemic on our planet. Again, so if you want world peace, not just, not just the personal God-realization of that well of honey that non-duality but also on a planetary level to get world peace the most important thing we can do is pierce the veil the most important thing we can do is god realize the most important thing we can do is pay attention deeply to things like the power of now pay attention to the perennial wisdoms across the spiritual mystic traditions Again, they are just the different faces and the different paths with different signposts to the same one end. And I'm really looking forward to deploying that visual soon that we're working on making, which is, again, aiming to make it even more explain like I'm five for people, the nature of reality and the nature of People like Eckhart Tolle, who are such a good synthesis of the different perennial spiritual wisdoms and traditions. And like ourselves and like our show as well. And that's when you really get there. That's when you really get to the essence of the perfection that this already is. When you've really looked at all these different faces to the mountain and you've looked at all these different paths and all these different signposts and you see the one end and you are the one end, you become the one end. And then you, like a vortex, end up gravitating others towards their God realization as well. It's so gorgeous. I hope this exegesis of the power of now has brought you tremendous value. Please like the video. If you haven't yet, subscribe. Also, let me know how you feel in the comments below with some of your thoughts. Would love to hear from you. And check out Eckhart Tolle's website. The link's in the bio below. Also, a bunch of our notes are in the bio below of our key highlights so you can leverage those as you'd like and also the book link to the power of now is down there as well for purchase highly recommend checking out it's super short super easy to read and super fun so go and give that a check out 
And that's all. Thank you so much for tuning in. I love you very much. This is just perfect. It's just perfect.